Welcome to the Walkie Talkie Podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Matt. And we are going to talkie some walkies. Mm-hmm. So we have just watched the season seven finale, episode 16, the first day of the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big one. Yeah. Yep. It's been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get into that, we realized after we completed our last podcast that we never gave a numerical rating to the last mm-hmm. episode. Um, and so we should probably start off by doing that just for consistency's sake. I, yeah, why don't you go first? I'm pretty sure I was going to give it a 7.5. Okay. Um, and... Right now, I'm totally in this episode, so I can't even remember what my rationale was. But right. I'm pretty sure I had thought about it, and that was what I landed on. Okay. It, it was partially due to what I had given other episodes. So I okay. wanted to give it one of the highest ratings that I'd given in this half season. What was last week again? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so last week was an episode that we were happy about because they um, had three storylines all going at once. Right. Right. Yes. Um, there was the stuff with Sasha in the cell. Mm-hmm. There was some stuff going on at Hilltop. Um, Gregory was going to stab Maggie, but didn't. Yep. And uh, there was the stuff at Oceanside, mm-hmm. um, Barnacle Zombies. It's coming right. back okay. to me now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought 7.5 was pretty good. That is right up there with one of my other favorites from this half season, which was the Eugene-focused episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I would give it – just recalling how I felt about it because uh, mm-hmm. I can't really remember how I felt during that podcast. Um, but I think I wanted to give it a 7 or a 7.5 as well. It was one yep. of my favorites of this half season as well. So Right, yeah. Yeah. That would make sense. Cool. Okay. All right. So, Matt, let's hear your initial thoughts on the first day of the rest of your life. Oh, man. And try, yeah, try not to go into too much detail. Right. Because we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah. It's really hard for me to land. How I, feel, uh-huh. how I feel about this this finale. Uh, okay. I will say I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very effective in tension building. Mm. I, I felt similar to how I felt during the premiere as far as like who's going to die, how um, – how scary Negan can be, those kinds of things. Um, right. So I, I definitely did. It definitely did feel effective in that regard. However, yep. there are things about this episode that walking away and watching it a second time made me feel like uh, I don't know. I just don't know. So right now I'm kind of in limbo. Hopefully by the end of this episode I can give a numerical rating. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so my overall response is very positive. Okay. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Mm -hmm. And I actually 
um, really appreciated it on the second time through too. I guess the way I I would put it is it's been a while since we watched an episode of the show that gave me chills. And this episode gave me chills a couple times. And what what parts? They were good. They were good chills. It was like towards the end when, uh, I'll talk about the moments when we get to them, but you know, I had like a strong emotional reaction mm-hmm. and I was looking for that. And it was a positive emotional reaction. It wasn't like a, oh, that was disgusting kind of reaction. It okay. was, yeah, it was like a feeling of, of triumph. Gotcha. Um, there's one thing in this episode that really bothered me a lot and I'm excited to talk about it All right. uh, just to get it <laughs> off my chest. Okay. Um, and then there were some other things that bothered me a little. Okay. But um yeah, overall I'm I was really happy with it and it did make me look forward to season 8. Um I didn't want to end this season just feeling like eh, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not really all that excited about what's coming next, but I I do feel like it's something to look forward to. So, okay. Yeah. But uh let's start from the top. All right. All right. So Sasha is in the dark, listening to music, and she looks like she's dying. Mm-hmm. Nah, I wouldn't say she looks like she's dying. <laughs> <laughs> to me, she looked she looked like I don't know. I I can't place it. Like she didn't she didn't look like she was dying to me. No, so I, was, I was very I was very confused when I was watching this for the first time. Well, I don't know. I didn't feel confused at all. I, I was watching it, and I I thought, shoot, before the cold open is even over, my prediction has been proven false. Mm-hmm. I thought she took that poison, and she's dying. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, when we found out that, that was, in fact, the case, I, I was not that surprised. Sure, yeah. I was a little disappointed that the thing that I kept harping on, that I kept stubbornly holding on to, didn't mm-hmm. come true. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, so I guess there's supposed to be some ambiguity about what's going on there, but it seemed pretty clear to me that yeah. she was dying. Yeah, no, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I mean, it was so obvious uh, especially as the episode goes on and we get into flashbacks and things like that. She was dying. It was just yeah. her, how she was playing it in that moment The for the cold open. I was like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> right. Yeah. I I thought the, the bigger reveal there wasn't so much that she was dying, but where she was when she was dying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was definitely in a truck because we hear the, you know, the low rumbles and stuff like that. Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh no! Yeah, okay. I wasn't sure where she was supposed to be. Yeah, it no sound, I mean, I could hear an engine, heard tires, and things like that. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So after the cold open is over, then we go right back to where we started mm-hmm. with Sasha again, same place, and then we get a flashback uh, to her with Abraham in Alexandria, one of many that we will get throughout this episode. Yeah. Um, well, how'd you feel about these overall? I have a very so, strong feeling about it. Okay. <laughs> Seeing Abraham again reminded me of how much I miss his character. Yep. Uh, I like him a lot, and, uh, you know, that actor I thought did a great job. 
I I felt a little like they were trying to make us feel the weight of that relationship, make us make us feel like it was genuine. Mm-hmm. Um because we never really saw those kinds of moments before. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now. Mm-hmm. So it seemed a little late for that. Yeah. Uh it definitely seemed to telegraph Sasha's death as if it was not already <laughs> telegraphed tremendously. For sure, yeah. Um, and I did feel like some of those scenes were momentum killers. Yeah. In the episode. Okay. You um, basically nailed all my points. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a very, very um, elaborate paragraph written out about how I feel about it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, I, I didn't like how we had so many cuts with it going to dark and her in the coffin. And then she would speak a line of dialogue and then it would cut to that room with the dialogue repeating itself. So my first feeling about that when it happened was why didn't in the editing bay the editors cut the audio for the next scene over top – when she's saying the phrase. Yeah. So as she as she speaks the phrase, they cut into that piece of dialogue and it just fades into the voiceover. I think that would have been a little bit better as far as like not feeling this repetition because we're already having so much repetition with the constant uh, flashbacks and the constant cuts to black with her in the coffin. And just overall... Like you, I would have liked to, and probably like the majority of the audience watching The Walking Dead, would have liked to have seen this relationship develop earlier in season six and, and being able to see the grieving throughout this season, you know, with her loss. And I think this also speaks to the writers in the past two seasons lacking in their character development and and interpersonal relationships. Mm-hmm. I think all of this would have worked a lot better if they would have focused on it back then and would have been able to build up to this point. Instead, they just kind of retroactively forced us to care right. in this moment, kind of like what you said. And I feel like this makes me lose hope for the sort of uh, stories that flesh out interpersonal relationships amongst the characters. And instead, we're, um, we're kind of just left following the characters with no realistic motives, doing things that us as an audience, we're wondering why would they even be doing that because it's not rational and it doesn't make sense with the rest of the story. It doesn't make sense to the character. Things like Sasha did or Rosita did or or Daryl or Carol. So many examples of this, right? Mm-hmm. And the the backstory with Sasha and Abraham, it was necessary, uh, especially for for his death and for her mourning and the backstory being done in this episode uh was just a little bit too much too late for me on top of that it was very jarring and it broke the momentum like you said throughout the episode and i think overall it just wasn't effective even though it was a necessary device that they were using like we didn't need it but we needed it a lot earlier than this yeah I'm probably getting ahead of myself here, but I was thinking the episode would have felt a little bit more balanced to me. I don't know. Maybe 
Well, just here's a thought. Like, in the beginning and throughout the episode, you've got this emphasis on um, Sasha and Abraham and these flashbacks focusing on them. But, and that sort of pays off in Sasha's death. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the episode, there's like this commemoration of Glenn. Yeah. And, and so I thought... Which was well done. If the, Yeah. If they had taken some of those flashbacks with Abraham maybe like have the time of those and then sprinkle throughout the episode some sort of flashback just with Glenn that gave us insight into what he was facing before he saved Rick. Like we don't even know that's where it's going to end until the very end of the episode. Um, Like maybe Glenn like really, really stuck his neck out for Rick. Then that whole theme of like self-sacrifice and getting to see both of those people who died um, in the beginning of the season, I, it would have felt a little bit more cohesive to me. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it, it did feel a little bit to me like the Glenn thing, although it was good, was sort of tacked on at the end. Okay. And, uh, I just, yeah, I, I guess I would have liked to have seen a Glenn flashback too. Okay. If we're get <laughs> if we're getting the flashbacks. <laughs> right. Right. You know, I thought the ending with Maggie's voiceover was so good, and I really enjoyed her stuff about Glenn. I honestly wouldn't have needed the Glenn thing. Uh-huh. I I think more so we did need the Abraham stuff. I just think that we needed it way earlier than this. Yeah. I think the, the order of it was so misplaced. Okay. And I think the writers see a connection between Glenn, Abraham, and Sasha – in this episode way too clearly because me as a, as a viewer, I don't see the connection. I see Glenn being a sacrificial person, right? He's very uh, selfless and, and willing to put his life down for others. And so is Abraham. And Abraham is arguing with Sasha in the house about why it's necessary to sacrifice to others. He's having a debate with her and we know throughout the past few episodes, that Sasha didn't go to the Savior's camp to help the rest of the group. It was strictly because she wanted revenge. Okay. She wanted revenge for for Abraham. So when she goes and kills herself to kill Negan, it didn't have the weight that it should have had for me Hmm. because she wasn't being selfless. And so all of these, like, all of these kind of uh, um, callbacks to our selfless characters making selfless acts, they didn't line up for what Sasha did to me at the end. Like, I didn't feel anything when Sasha died. I didn't feel anything when she came out. I just thought that it was, like, the, the logical end to her character because of what's been happening. Hmm. Yeah, no, I didn't see that at all. Um I I don't think it was just for revenge. She was definitely sticking her neck out for everybody else. I mean, she, because Negan was saying, you know, that three people would have to die, and she was fighting with him on that. And then she said, no, only one person has to die, and she was going to make it her herself. Yeah. You know, I, and, and she was adamant, like, she's not going to um, – she wasn't going to let Negan hurt her friends. Yeah, and that, like, 
it didn't speak to me as strongly as it would have if I knew that her motive going into the camp to begin with was a selfless thing. Because her motivation in going to go kill Negan has been clear from the beginning. Same with Rosita. That they're doing this because of Abraham. Because he killed Abraham. And we have that meetup with Sasha and Rosita at the grave site with Abraham. You know, where mm-hmm. Sasha's mourning him and then she says, we're going to go kill him. Right. And but so then Sasha, Sasha went in there by herself. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think... In that moment, like what I was reading in that moment was Sasha wanted the revenge for herself. And of course, there's an element of like care for others. Like she's just not cold hearted and wants other people to die or doesn't care if anyone else dies. Like she wants to make sure that her friends are safe, but she's not Mm -hmm. doing it for her friends. Like they're not her core motivation. Hmm. I don't know. I, I think I, I think I disagree with you. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah um i just didn't get that sense at all i i i mean rosita was all about revenge for sure mm-hmm. um but i don't know if i saw that as much in sasha mm-hmm. well um, the the thing is the reason why i feel like this isn't necessarily because that's how the writers want us to feel mm-hmm. i think i feel this way because i imagine the writers have been wanting us to feel but it's not working for me. Mm-hmm. I think they did definitely want us to feel like this is a selfless thing, that this was a sacrificial thing, and that it lines up with Glenn, with Abraham, and the whole whole nine yards. But with her track record and her history and how it was built up to this moment, I didn't buy it. Hmm. You know, it was even with the flashbacks with Abraham – it was, like I said, it was a debate between good conscience and bad conscience or selflessness and selfishness. Well, I think it's more complicated than that because it's not just about Sasha being self selfish. She doesn't want Abraham to go because she's worried that he's going to die. And so she's worried about him. And then Abraham gave her a hard time. No, he didn't give her a hard time. He he uh, admitted – what was it? He He – um, he preempted the the response that he expected her to give, which was that she was going to say, no, I'll go instead of you. Um, mm-hmm. And he called her out on it and said, because you know that you hate the fact that you just said Maggie needs to take care of Maggie because that's just going to eat at you or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So he knows her character well enough to know that she can't stand the idea of not sticking her neck out for those that she loves. But she also really loves Abraham, and that's why she doesn't want him to go. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, I think Sasha's character has been pretty consistently, um, what's the word for it? Like, admirable uh, throughout the series. I didn't feel the weight of her death that I would say when Glenn died, just because I never really felt a strong emotional attachment to her. I don't know why yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, I haven't appreciated Sasha that much actually until now because I liked the way that she died. Um, yeah, I think the beginning of her arc with with um, Tyrese, Tyrese was the, the selfless one to me. Yeah. She was always arguing with him to do this selfish thing. And 
to me, I just never really saw growth there. Mm-hmm. Even like after Bob died, Tyrese died, she goes into this slump of depression. She never really comes out of it. Uh, she sort of comes out of it with Abraham, but we're not like we're not given the full meaty parts of their relationship to really care. So it is kind of ambiguous. Yeah. Throughout it, you know? And so I never really thought that she was selfish, but I never really bought that she was selfless. And I never really bought her relationship with Abraham. And I never really felt connected to her because the writers never gave us anything. Right. You know, the the biggest things that they ever did for her were to make her look like she's depressed. <laughs> I do remember that as my least favorite part of her arc. Same. Yeah. But it was yeah. the strongest thing. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's part of why I never really connected with her is she's never been given a lot to do. Mm -hmm. And when she was given a lot, or not a lot, but when she did get a a focus, I think it was not long after Tyrese died. It was when they were first in Alexandria. Yeah. She was just acting kind of like Crazy Morgan, but not quite as far gone. Right. And falling yeah, into I, walker pits and things. Right. Yes, I didn't I didn't like that. I mm-hmm. sort of see that as an aberration in her whole uh <laughs> in her character's journey. I I yeah. But okay. when I think back to the prison and that sort of thing and I just finished the episodes where she gets sick with the the plague that everybody has there and Yeah. And uh I like her there. Yeah. But okay. But anyway, alrighty. Um, so we weren't really big, flan- big, big fans. We weren't really big, <laughs> big fans of the flashbacks. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I, I think I would have appreciated them more if there were less of them. They were quicker. They got to the point faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and they weren't uh, cut into like really tension building moments. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, remember how we talked about how most episodes of The Walking Dead keep the hand, like, at the bottom of the accelerator for the whole episode, and then at the very end, they r- rocket it up to as high as it can go, and then yep. immediately the episode's over, and then yep. you start off the next episode back down at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> so this episode was sort of like, you know, pushing it forward and then pulling it back. Yeah. And then, like, pushing it forward and pulling it back. Yeah, it was the sum of the whole season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except for like the last 20 minutes where it went forward and stayed there. That's true. Which was its saving grace. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, then we see Negan talking to Sasha in her cell. Uh, he says, you don't have to die. He has a happy pancake for her. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we see Maggie and Sasha sitting. Mm-hmm. I was confused uh, about this. Yes. You know, it kind of reminded me of the editing in like the Tree of Life or something like that. Okay. Where you just feel like you're jumping around haphazardly <laughs> in this non-linear way. Yeah. And the the other thing that threw me about that was I think I remember that scene. Oh yeah, it was it was yeah. after the 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 storm before Alexandria. Yes, it was right before Aaron showed up. I think it was right like, after think, Aaron, like the morning after the storm. Yep, I think, though, that they were out there, and that's when Aaron appeared. 
They were oh. watching the sunset, and then Aaron was there. Oh, okay. okay. But one of the things that took me out of that a little bit was Maggie had long hair then. Exactly. That's yeah. why I was so confused. <laughs> so it seemed like it was a dream, you know, right. like a yeah. kind of a callback to it, but it wasn't like a real thing. Yeah. More ethereal. But the thing was is that they didn't edit it in that way. Like it was just cut in that way, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like there was no dreaminess to it. The music wasn't dreamy. Um, yeah. There was no like stamp of this being a, a dream. Like we're supposed to know at, as as the audience that this is like a dream, not a flashback. Yeah. Because I think it was – wasn't it word for word how it went? I wanted to check, but I didn't. Yeah. But it's definitely a, a real-life memory. Yeah. So then we uh, we cut to uh, Dwight in the jail cell with everybody. Wait, I have a question about that scene with Negan real quick. Yeah. Before we cut to that, that memory with Maggie, he says – um, something, 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 one, and maybe a couple others, tops, you know, talking about how many people he wants to kill. Mm-hmm. Why would he, why would he say that if he would say later, uh, three are going to die? Is it because he's just playing a game with Sasha? Like, I don't understand that. He said one and maybe a couple others tops verbatim. But then later he's very definitive that three are going to die. But then she talks him down really quickly. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Uh, honestly, I don't really remember. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice any inconsistency there. Mm-hmm. It just makes me feel like he has a real affinity for her. Mm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just played up. Oh, yeah. I definitely think he did. Yeah. Yeah, I think he saw in her something that he wanted to make use of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird because he wants he wants people who have no fear, right? Yeah. But at the same time, the people who have no fear are the ones who are hardest to control. Mm-hmm. But he thinks he's got her under control, which is kind of crazy to me. Yeah, unless he unless he's just. I don't know, wants her to think that he does, but really he doesn't. I don't get his his negotiating style too much. And I think we've talked about this before, how like I was very confused about how he trusted Eugene so quickly and I was very confused about how he trusted Dwight. I don't know. His trust his trusting is kind of like all over the map. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It doesn't make sense. I don't understand it chalk it up to the writer's room well mm, i mean what has he done he hasn't he didn't put sasha in a position where she had the ability to exercise power yeah he definitely didn't think he was doing that so he can kind of pretend to trust her but he he didn't really put her he did not perceive himself to be putting her in a situation where she was going to be able to go against him in any way. Yep. That makes so, sense. So, yeah. Okay. Now, he has given a lot of um, power to Eugene. 
Mm-hmm. And there was a moment in this episode where I was a little confused by what he was doing with Eugene. At the very end? No, it was uh, when Eugene asked if he could go ahead to talk oh, to okay. the Alexandrians. And Eugene um, Negan seemed to smile at that. Like, mm-hmm. that sounds like a good idea. And it is a good idea if Eugene is going to follow suit mm-hmm. and stay on Negan's side. Mm-hmm. But if you, Eugene is going to go ahead and, you know, do something to undermine what Negan is doing... What would um, he? I, what could he do if that was the case? Because I don't really know what Eugene would have been able to do to undermine him with that short yeah. of a time. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, it was clear though that Eugene's only goal in going there was to prevent any more Alexandrians from dying than needed to. You know, right, and right. I don't know why Negan would want that, except maybe just Negan. Just he wants to get their um, fealty and have as many of them alive and working for him as he can. And so, if Eugene can talk him down, great. Um, well, I think I'm the most confused about the conversation between him and or, or Sasha and, and Negan because it. She says only one has to die, implying obviously to us as the audience that that means her. Doesn't yeah. necessarily mean her to Negan, though. Does it? No. Right. But even when he's at the Alexandria uh, compound, he says, I don't want to kill Sasha, but you're going to make me kill her. Right. So who else would it be if not Sasha? Just pick someone. And he says to Rick, you're going to pick someone of your choosing. I want a person of your choosing. Right. All this just doesn't really compute for me. I'm kind of confused about it. And even though I watched it twice. Yeah, well, I think when Negan agreed with Sasha that only one needed to die, that he definitely didn't think that that was going to be Sasha. Right. But Sasha knew what she was saying. Yeah. And it wasn't so much because she wasn't saying it so much so that Negan would be like, oh, shoot, I was bound by my word to only kill one person and you killed yourself and now I can't kill anybody else. Yeah. It's more like Sasha is just, you know, she's wink, wink. Yeah. Not just to the audience, but even to Negan, you know, Mm -hmm. so that when it happens, Negan will be like, oh. That's what she (laughs) meant. (laughs) Right. Didn't see that coming. If if he's still alive, you know, Uh after it happens, Uh Um, which I'm sure Sasha was hoping he wouldn't be. But yeah, I don't know what she was thinking about that, because if I'm going to kill myself in a coffin, hoping that I'm going to come out and kill Negan. How do I know that that's going to work? How do I know Negan's going to be there to open it? What if it's someone else? Mm-hmm. And how do I know that I'll really turn that quickly? Right. Yeah. I mean, there's so many variables. She definitely downed that poison right away when she got mm-hmm. in the coffin. And uh, she uh, she knew that the ride was going to be several hours. Mm-hmm. So she had some reason to think there was a good chance that she would turn beforehand. Mm -hmm. 
as far as ne- yeah, it was definitely a risk. And as far as Negan being the first one to open it up, um, I think she had good reason to think he would be the one that would do it because he's the one bringing the coffin and and uh, making the deal or making the presenting the deal. Right. Uh, but yeah, it was also it was a gamble as well. Yeah. But even if even if things didn't work out so that she jumped out and was attacking Negan, uh, she still presumably was taking her life and preventing herself from hurting any of her friends. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. In the comics, the character that Sasha seems to be um, replacing in this whole arc here mm-hmm. um she ends up coming out of the coffin and or the box and attacking somebody from rick's group right um i think i oh man i can't remember i blew that through them so quickly mm-hmm. i can't really recall okay to be honest All right. Well, there is there is a moment in this episode that I do remember, um, and they kind of spun it around, which you know it was fine. It was kind mm-hmm. of a moment that I was hoping, um, where it not not necessarily totally connected to how it was in the comics, but yeah. Well, what did it have to do with? Um, it was so. In the comics, um, Holly falls out of the bell tower and dies. Um, and it was supposed to be like a red herring for Andrea. Um, oh, okay. But instead, this other scavenger falls out and uh, it was kind of a – for us, more of a red herring. It was more of a red herring for the viewer uh, than it being – and it, was, it wasn't planned, you know? Yeah. And Michonne was Got okay, it. so yeah. Got it. So yeah, getting back to the scene with uh, Dwight and everybody in the prison cell, I thought there was an interesting moment where, you know, Dwight said that he wanted Negan killed, and Rick said, well, why don't you do it? And he said, it can't just be me, because they're all Negan. Mm-hmm. And that really supports something that you've... Well, something that we've talked about, something we've wondered about, yep. which is if you take out Negan, will the saviors just suddenly all feel free or, you know, will they retaliate? Um, yeah. Dwight Dwight thinks the answer is they'll retaliate. Yeah, that yeah they, I tend to agree Their identity them. is so wrapped up in Negan mm-hmm. that um, they will be with him even after he's dead. Yeah. I agree, too. I wouldn't argue him on that. Yeah. Hey, what if Negan is actually somebody else other than Negan? (laughs) Negan was just somebody who obeyed Negan and said, I am Negan. And then he just became Negan. What a twist. What if that person is kind of like uh, what appears to be like a henchman, like Simon or Dwight? Yeah. And all yeah. along, it's them. Yeah, that would be weird. 
crazy. <laughs> so um, I have uh, I have a question. Yeah. Why has Tara had this massive shift in her character? She's now stealing safety and defenses from a defenseless community with no remorse, giving children the finger <laughs> and screaming, do it, do it, to Daryl while he's got a knife sticking in a prisoner of war's eyeball. Right. <laughs> well, the first two things seem like a character shift to me. Yeah. But the that one doesn't as much. Really? Yeah. Huh. Because, yeah, she she has a lot of reason to hate Dwight. They yeah. all do. Yeah. She, no, she does. And I'm not, argue, yeah. I'm not arguing that. I'm more arguing how she's been an advocate for uh, passiveness. Or uh, Has she, though? I think so. She's she was pretty passive about the Oceanside thing. You know, she didn't want to have to tell Rick. And I mean, I would say the beginning of her arc, she was the complete opposite. You know, she was a person that was trying to pretend she was a badass and trying to pretend that she would kill someone, but really she didn't want to. And really she didn't like the idea. It was just mm -hmm. kind of like a defense mechanism. And now we get this girl that's um very caring, very uh, kind of bubbly and fun and just wants like, you know, just wants good things in life. And now she's very uh, – um, now she's very adamant about her killing – or Daryl killing Dwight. I don't know. I guess maybe it's not an extreme character change, but it mm -hmm. it's kind of thrown me off especially given the past couple episodes with her, uh, you know, not, not feeling remorse about Oceanside. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, that seemed out of character to me, but, um, because she was the reason she was so slow to reveal, uh, about Oceanside to Rick wasn't because she's a pacifist, but it's because she had made a promise. Yeah. And, uh, so she didn't want to break that. But she was also a pacifist in the sense that she didn't want to kill anyone. She brought in an unloaded gun mm -hmm. and she was trying to advocate for a more passive outcome. Yeah. I mean, Tara, Tara has never – though she's never been somebody who um, was slow to use force against people that she perceived to be evil. Like – when the when the governor recruited her to fight against Rick, mm -hmm. he did it by appealing to her sense of, like, these are awful people. Yeah. And it wasn't until she saw the governor cut off Herschel's head that she was like, hmm, I might be on the wrong side here. Yeah. And, uh, I don't, yeah, she's never had the kind of Morgan-like tendencies. No, She's never been yeah. Morgan-ish. Yeah, sure. She... She's de definitely has never had a bloodlust or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and I think there have been maybe one or two times where she um, saw Rick as being a little crazy. But yeah. he probably deserved that in those moments. Of course. I think <laughs> – so, yeah, she did seem a little over the top there saying do it, do it. But, I mean, Yeah, I guess Dwight that's mostly what I'm saying. 
Yeah, Dwight has been horrible to yeah. them. Yeah, and and it is scary too that not only I mean this guy is there and who knows what he really plans on doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was I thought it was consistent okay. for her to be that upset about you know the guy that killed her girlfriend being there, and okay. I thought it was I thought it was kind of. Uh, funny slash interesting when uh dwight was like i wasn't aiming for her and then daryl flips out yeah of course i think he was aiming for daryl yeah yeah <laughs> not gonna kill you because you killed someone else i'm gonna kill you because right. you're trying to kill me and then killed yeah. someone else i also noticed in this episode that dwight still has daryl's vest oh does he yeah, I, I I wish that in that scene he had given it back after Daryl didn't kill him. <laughs> you know, it would kind of make sense at that point. Oh, sorry, dude. Here's your vest. Yeah. But he's still wearing it. And then Negan says later on, hey, what happened to your vest? And sees Daryl <laughs> wearing that's it. That's right. Yeah, that would be a that would be bad. Yeah. That was the wise call, I guess. Why is Daryl wearing your vest, Dwight? Yeah. <laughs> you know something that I don't? Right. I just thought he should have it back. <laughs> we've taken so much <laughs> dwight proposes a plan he says the saviors are on their way mm-hmm. he says something about cutting down some trees to slow them down and mm-hmm. that will give them time to prepare yeah what do you think so well i'm not sure how dwight cut down all those trees but i guess he had some way to do it mm-hmm yeah, I I liked his explanation. Like, I was doing the horrible things I was doing for Sherry, essentially. Like, mm-hmm. he didn't want Sherry to die. He didn't want her to suffer. And he felt like if he didn't play along, that would be what would happen. Mm-hmm. Now Sherry is free. She's definitely free. Um, and so now he feels free to do things that could get himself killed but aren't going to get his wife killed. Yeah. So, I appreciated his explanation there. Mm-hmm. I did like, I liked that. I also liked his tactical plans. They seemed mm-hmm. to be, they seemed to be understandable. Yeah. What was it? He was saying that once they t- take care of the saviors here, here, then he'll radio in and say everything's fine, and then he'll lead them all into the compound. Yeah, and then take out the outposts one by one. Yeah. Smart. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also believe him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe him too. Or I, I believed him in that moment. Yeah. And I believed him throughout the episode. Like, he never had a chance. He never had an opportunity to really do any kind of action. Yeah. Um, and in fact, the guy who plays Dwight, Christian Bale, he, um, <laughs> he looked... The whole time, like he was looking for a chance, and yeah. like he was, he was terrified that mm. something was going to happen that would out him. Yeah, he really did that well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So kudos. Yeah, one minor complaint. Rosita said that she didn't trust Dwight, but she trusted Daryl. <laughs> yeah. But she brought right. Dwight all the way back <laughs> to Alexandria. I know. Yeah, I didn't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> Seemed kind of silly. 
Yeah. Rosita doesn't seem to make the best decisions. Oh, no. Not at yeah, all. She's consistently making some pretty bad ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that bringing Dwight back was a bad one. Mm-hmm. Just maybe how she thought it was a good one wasn't necessarily the most rational way to think. Yeah. So Daryl says that if Dwight is lying, he'll kill him. And that if Dwight Dwight is telling the truth and everything works out, he'll still kill him. So he'll kill him no matter what. Mm. Even if he dies, he'll still kill him slowly. <laughs> Which, I mean, it seems to me that if Dwight really does make it possible for them to defeat Negan, that Daryl should have a little bit more grace. Yeah. But, but at the same time, him. you know, yeah, knowing what Daryl went through in the cell and, you know, what Dwight did to him there and everything, I can get why Daryl would be just so unwilling yeah, he to let it go. Yeah, he took his bike. Yeah. And he still has his vest. And he still has his vest. And his crossbow. Yeah. Yeah. The heck? Those vests are hard to come by. <laughs> especially especially in this post-apocalyptic zombie world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, considering how awful things are, these people find some pretty cool clothes. Dude, I think about that almost every other episode. <laughs> Like Maggie had this pretty good jacket this yeah. week that I think was new. Mm-hmm. Um, Rick's had some really great jackets. Daryl was wearing a great outfit this week. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They got some cool boots that they probably got from Aldo or something. Zara. <laughs> they the fashion has changed tremendously, and it right. seems to have changed with our trends since the yes. premiere of this series. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Loose-fitting jeans are not in anymore. It's skinny jeans, even in the post-apocalyptic world. (laughs) (laughs) Even in the humidity of the deep south. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, what I've noticed is people seem to find really great jackets. Like, there's been multiple times where I've thought, like, oh, I want that jacket. (laughs) And it's like, this is ridiculous. They're just finding these great jackets that are in great shape. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, not yeah. not infested with zombie guts or anything. Right, right. Yeah. And Good what do they need jackets? What do they need jackets for? Right, it, isn't it warm down there? Like yeah, and I hear when they're filming, it's always like a hundred degrees, exceptionally hot. Like they're yeah. they're drenched in sweat and armpit stains and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and and Negan has a scarf and and a leather jacket <laughs> and leather gloves on. Like what is going on? Right. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And people wear beanies and that sort of thing. And Yeah, in, in the same scene with Sasha wearing a loose-fitting swoop-neck t-shirt with skinny jeans, uh, Negan's wearing a leather jacket, leather gloves, high boots, um, a, a scarf, and, and Eugene's wearing a big heavy overcoat. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the what's the weather like? <laughs> I know, yeah. Rick is usually drip sweating. <laughs> but then Jesus is wearing this huge trench coat or Eugene's yep. wearing a big trench coat. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's so inconsistent. Dwight's yeah. the only one that not Dwight, I'm sorry. Um uh Daryl. 
is is mm-hmm. usually just wearing like you know a regular shirt or or even Carl. Yeah, yeah, just long sleeve. You know, you could probably wear it in the warmth or in the in the cold. But these mm-hmm. like tank tops with someone wearing a big fleece uh, a jacket like Abraham is, is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Ah, post-apocalyptic fashion. They do pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Like they do well with their arsenals. Just they always have yes, great yeah. arsenals. Yeah. So then we have a uh, exchange between Sasha and Negan, which we already talked about some. This is where he says that three exa- Alexandrians will need to get Lucille'd. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sasha talks him down. And Negan has an interesting line where he says, uh, punishment is how we built everything we have. You don't get anything done without punishment. And I'm just wondering, you know, in the past it was you have to get blood on your hands in order to survive or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, if we do really see a situation where Rick is – Rick and Michonne maybe or, you know, are uh, – are in charge of the new world, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be the next moral dilemma? Like, do you get things done without severe punishment like Negan? Yeah, that is, that is a good question. I think the prison is definitely like the prison cell is going to come into an effect. And that, mm. you know, hopefully will be the way that you take care of people in the mm-hmm. new world. Uh, one thing that I'm, constantly thinking about especially in the end end half of the season is with this quote-unquote new world we're never gonna not see zombies so destruction is inevitable always Mm -hmm. you know um a new world can grow it could expand it could become more civilized however it seems like if there's a zombie, there's killing, no matter what. Zombies killing people, or the well, the other way around. The other way around. Uh, zombies effectively create murderers. Okay, I see what you mean. You know what I mean. The downfall of civilization obviously creates chaos. When you try to build up civilization again, you just get this dystopian reality where people are have rendered themselves to becoming murderous dictators no matter what kind of civilization you're running Mm -hmm. you know we got the governor we got negan we even had rick at one point like that right so and, and no one's afraid to kill anymore i think the best illustration of this is in season two where where we have um that boy from that camp where shane wants to kill him Rick kind of wants to kill him. Dale doesn't want to kill him. Other people are questioning whether or not to kill him. We have this dilemma to kill a boy or let him go mm-hmm. or do something else with him. Mm-hmm. And we never see a result of it because obviously Shane kills him. But we we do kind of come to a, a point where Rick's like, all right, we're going to kill him. And it's scary because is that the best choice? You know, in that moment, I figured it was because you don't know what this kid's going to go back to his camp and do. Right. True. You don't know. But, uh, yeah, I I was on Dale's side in that whole argument. 
um, there's a purely uh, utilitarian way of thinking, mm-hmm. but then there's the ethical way of thinking, which you know doesn't let the ends justify the means. Yeah. So, because the reality is, this kid might not do anything, mm-hmm. um, and you don't want to presume guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just not a world that you want to live in. Yeah. Where anytime you never have a chance to pr- even prove yourself innocent. Um, so, but, you know, the, the, the issue there, I mean, I, I'm not sure how that relates to what you were originally talking about. Like that there's always, society is always going to have problems. Well, like just I, that, just that we're going to have situations like this boy come up where we're going to obviously choose one way or the other ethics right. or uh, utility. Yeah. And, and hmm? that'll be a problem whether it's the the zombie world or not. It's yeah. in, in a, in a world where uh, resources are thinner mm-hmm. and there's less moral accountability, then situations like that become more frequent yeah, um, and I think the point that I'm trying to make is that in this kind of world, we'll see more of a utility, a utilitarian result rather than an ethical one. And right. even with the choice of having a, a cell like Dwight is in, in that we could we could we could feasibly put Negan in, is this going to be the best choice? You know, we're going to have people that are going to say Negan can escape. You know, why are we putting him in a cell? We should just kill right. him. Right. And and even Rick says, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, even in uh in society now, I guess it depends on what country you're in and that sort of thing, but there are still many developed nations, I think, that will say if you're if you're convicted of certain crimes, you're eligible for capital punishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh not sure how I think what I think about that myself, but mm-hmm. um, uh, you could you could see uh, a, a society that in many ways is very healthy, where that could be a way that they handle things. Like Negan is just too much of a threat to keep alive anymore, and so he needs to have capital punishment. Right as is. I guess my my original point that I was trying to make was zombies. The the kind of mindlessness of killing a zombie creates this sort of numbness towards killing in general. And then you have people that will, instead of shooting someone in the leg now, they're just capping someone off execution style because they're a threat. Because they've already numbed themselves to killing zombies. So I'm just thinking ethics have kind of gone out the window in this regard, and if we keep zombies around in this world, will that always be the the, the case? You know, and obviously yeah. zombies will never go away. Well, but they might though, right? Because if you're able to um, come up with certain policies about after somebody dies, you have certain people in your community who are responsible for putting them down. Well, you um, can never. You can never make sure that zombies will never exist. Like zombies yeah. will go extinct. You know, if someone's on the side of the road, falls, hits their head, and, and they bleed out, 
no one's around to 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 cut their brain off, they're gonna come back. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you have another zombie. Then maybe he kills another person. That person turns into. Then you got a horde. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah, there's always going to be the potential for more desensitization, I guess, in that mm-hmm. world. But I think that people are still able to make a distinction between the living and the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. It's not I, as big as it was in season one and season two, though, especially going back and rewatching it. Mm-hmm. You know, like even killing a zombie was was difficult. Right, yeah. No, it's not as difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're always they're always going to have some trouble rebuilding this this world. Yeah. Uh <laughs> that's for sure. Mhm. Oh, another moment that I thought was interesting was Sasha starts crying when she realizes that Negan's going to try to use her mm-hmm. to hurt the Alexandrians. Yeah. And Negan says, "Is that for real?" Yeah. And laughs. Yeah. Um and uh, that was an interesting moment because I thought it was one of those moments that shows the clear distinction between someone like Rick and Negan. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rick's not going to say something like that. No, not not at all. But the, yeah. the thing about Negan is that he's so uh, – I don't know if it's like innate to his character – or just how he's written, like if some people write him a certain way and then another person writes him another way in another episode. But in this episode alone, we get that Negan who kind of mocks the idea of uh, of sensitivity, emotion, and crying. And then within the same episode, he has this moment with Sasha where like mm-hmm. he's like, you're, you're very brave, yada, yada, yada. And it's very uh, – convincing so no i think i know what moment you're talking about and i wrote it down because i i i start it and i said this is negan's first human moment sure i i it's he he said listen i know how tough this is and i appreciate it when she was getting in the coffin yeah and i i to be honest with you i think i've seen it maybe once before or so like that side of him maybe a shade of it Mm -hmm. i know he has the potential for it but the the curious thing is which side is real you know what's his what's his true nature you know mm-hmm. if if is he redeemable or is he irredeemable well i think that the pattern of his actions shows that his true his true nature is to use people and to um enjoy punishing people um does he to enjoy enjoy, it, enjoy controlling people i don't i'm see i'm not totally convinced that he enjoys killing people or enjoys punishing people i i just don't think that anybody would like do it with such relish and like have the long speeches that he has and like laugh about it and everything he definitely loves controlling people controlling and, yes yeah, yeah, I would agree and, with and that. I think he loves however he can do it. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you don't actually delight in punishing people, you're not gonna like make the jokes that he does and laugh while you're doing it and like be smashing somebody's head in and saying we're just getting started. Like mm-hmm. no, yeah, 
Um, it's so it, yeah. I could, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's hard because Jeffrey Dean Morgan is such a great actor, and he's mm-hmm. he's so compelling and so uh, empathetic of uh, a person in general. You know, he he plays emotion very well, and he's mm-hmm. very convincing. So when you see both of these sides, they're both so convincing. It's almost like he's not lying about either. Mm. I just feel like we've seen so little of the other side. Mm-hmm. And I like I genuinely thought, because I've been looking for signs of humanity in Negan, that was the first moment that I've seen where I really did feel like he was talking to Sasha and he wasn't just putting on a show. Yeah. Like that when he said, I appreciate it, he actually meant it. Yeah. And that I guess is my biggest point is that he always puts on a show. It's always theatrical. So can we ever take what he's saying or doing in those moments to heart, you know, because it is so theatrical. Whereas with this moment with Sasha, this is almost one of the, the honest moments that he has. And if it's the most honest moment he has, is it fair to say that this is truly who he is and maybe his other parts get in the way Hmm. and maybe he's doing that because he feels like it's necessary to build a world in which he can control people to do things that he thinks will bring civilization to another level. Whereas he thinks compassion may be a weaker trait, you know, a trait that's not going to create a place in which hierarchy can exist or governing a people could exist. And he's been doing it so effectively for so long that perhaps he's just convinced himself. Um, yeah, I just think he likes power. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I wouldn't, so, I wouldn't disagree with that. Right. Uh, I can't really attribute a higher, a more virtuous uh, motivation to him than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's definitely fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and I'm still holding. I out. think that I think I think uh, the the hunger for power and control is uh, primary. So, I don't think he's going to do violent things uh, if they don't help to aid in that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people are violent just because they just love to be violent. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's not primary for him. Yeah. It's more of a tool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because he doesn't even go to kill Eugene when he could have. You, you mean at the end or in the mid-season? No, in the... Yeah, when when Eugene said that he he created the bullets, he, he and, made the bullets. Yeah, yeah, and he could have killed all of the Alexandrians when they were oh, in the yeah. lineup. You know, he had the, he yeah. had reason to. Yeah, did. yeah, right. And he so, could have came in. Sorry, I know. <laughs> keep 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 droning on this, but he could have also came in guns blazing today or, or in that in that episode. Right. You know, 
Right. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. yeah let, but then, yeah, if he kills everybody, then he doesn't have anybody to work for him. Yeah, true. But then he and gets he rid of the big threat. Right. Right. But the way the reason his compound is all stashed with such great pickles is because <laughs> he has all these people working for him. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Let's see. So. Uh, we see Maggie and Sasha sitting again. <laughs> uh, um, Jesus has come to the hilltop to tell Maggie what's up, and um, Maggie has to decide whether or not to lead Hilltop to fight. Um, why is Judith there? Yeah, we never even saw her go there. No, last time we saw Judith, she was talking to Tara right in Alexandria. Yeah. Why would you take a little kid on a journey all the way to Hilltop? Yeah. And who's looking after her? Like that No, who I guess, is writing Aeneid? these things? <laughs> or, <laughs> that's the big question. Enid, that's how you say her name. Maybe she was, but like She was at she's, the Hilltop. She's been at Hilltop the whole time. Yeah. That baby has some apparating powers. <laughs> True. <laughs> Yeah. Did Jesus just <laughs> Jesus was like, "Oh, I got to go to the hilltop. You mind if I take the kid with me? You know, <laughs> just get her out, you know, get some air, see some see some new sights." Yeah. <laughs> if we run into the saviors, I can use her as a bartering chip. Oh man. <laughs> Good grief. Yeah, there is I wanted to check with you about that. I was like, "Am I just missing something? There really is no reason for her to be there." True. None. Yeah, we've never seen her go there, so she's she's a telepath or not a telepath. What, what is it where you can transport? Um, teleporting. Yeah, yeah. She's a she's a teleporter. She's like yeah. Night, Nightcrawler from the X Men. Yes, or Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Okay. Um, we won't we won't complain about it. We'll just laugh about it. <laughs> we'll laugh about it. Okay, the next scene is a perfect example of, to me, everything that's wrong with The Walking Dead this season. Okay, what it season? Was scene the is scene, maybe you can help me out here, but it was the one where Carol and Ezekiel and a bunch of Kingdom <laughs> people are walking through the street and then they see Morgan. Uh-huh. I have no idea what anybody was talking <laughs> about in that scene at all. No clue. I've watched uh, it twice, and I don't care enough to figure it out. <laughs> like, yeah. and I guess Morgan just, for some reason, Morgan needs to be compelled to join them, even though he already killed somebody in a in an action that was at least in part supposed to prepare them for war, right. so that they can surprise them. Yeah, and and he just, I guess, he's just off on his own. Doing what I'm not sure. Looking for people to kill, and then it's like, well, we gotta, we gotta um, somehow get him to join our ranks and fight. Like he already wants to fight, but then he doesn't want to join them, right. and then he does. And you know, they look at each other gravely, and they're like, "We're going to war." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, this is exactly what I did not want to see." Yeah. In this in this episode, yeah. We um, don't even get a reference to what happened when he was like shaving down his spear. When he turns right. around, is that just supposed to imply that he's going clear again? <laughs> you know, he's, <laughs> he's getting all like twitchy and, and, and confused. And 
and there was some reference to the shopping carts, like, oh, right. we've seen this before. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know Richard's what it was Richard's come back from the dead <laughs> to trick us again. <laughs> Look out for Richard. And Ezekiel was like, Morgan, you are not stuck. Yeah. Like, what is that a reference to? I, I'm guessing that maybe Carol told <laughs> told Ezekiel about his clearing, <laughs> his clearing <laughs> tendencies. You know, so Morgan has this tendency to either be very, very Morganish <laughs> or going clear. <laughs> Basically, he's sticking someone in the head with a spike, or he's hitting them in the kneecap with a stick. There's there's no in between with this guy. And right now he's probably going clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did I miss like why is it that they're going now? No, I ha- so okay. So this is another issue that I have is like we have coincidentally the hilltop going to march to um to Alexandria, right? Yes, which makes a little more sense because Jesus right. came and warned Maggie. Yes, yeah. and and I can I can understand that they were you know it was just coincidence that they showed up there at the time that they did. However, we have <laughs> <laughs> we have the kingdom who's never communicated with Alexandria about this war. In fact, the only time that they did, King Ezekiel said that he wasn't in. Right, and and the turn of this was when Morgan killed Richard. They decide that yes. they're going to go to war after Benjamin right. died. We get no reference to it ever again after that. And now, because King Ezekiel had had this talk with Carol about her about them going to war, they're going to war. But Alexandria knows nothing about it. So how do they know right. that's the day to go? And right. how do they know that like – the hilltop is coming at the very exact same time. And and quite honestly, if they wouldn't have stopped there and talked to Morgan for so long, they would have gotten there earlier enough to not <laughs> risk Carl dying. <laughs> uh, but then we would have lost that like that moment where everyone shows up at the very exact same time. Right. And none of that would have worked if if they showed up at different times. <laughs> I'm remembering the end of the last Kingdom episode Uh where Carol shows up and is like, you know, we need to fight. And Ezekiel is like, yes, but but not not this, but not this day. Yeah. And I guess he just woke up that morning and he was like, this day. This is the day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I can feel it in my bones. Today is the day. (laughs) I asked Shiva and she said, yes, today is the day. Doth say the tiger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Off with us. Yeah. Oh, and then and then the, the other this okay, so I I laughed out loud when this happened. Especially given my feelings about Rosita this whole season. Carol says to Morgan, um if you kill any saver saviors, we'll lose our advantage. And then Morgan says, "No, I didn't kill any." And Carol's like, okay, good, because that would be dumb. And Morgan's like, yeah, why would I ever do that? Why would I be so dumb to go and ambush saviors on my lonesome? Just me. No one else. (laughs) I'm thinking, okay, so Carol gets it. 
Morgan gets it. How did Rosita and how did Sasha not get this idea? <laughs> yeah. Even even uh, halfway crazy Morgan realizes that's right. a bad idea. Yeah, even clearing Morgan. <laughs> he just sticks uh, sticks walkers. Right, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, this scene, this, this was no good. Mm-hmm. And, this and, was bad. Yeah, and, and then we get Ezekiel appealing to Morgan and evidently trying to appeal to Morgan's more rational half, maybe. He's he's speaking to him in this Arthurian speak, right? Mm-hmm. Where he's already spoke to Morgan like a normal person, and he's already spoke to Carol like a normal person, and he does that in times where he needs to speak to them, where he can appeal to their to their senses. Mm. Yet here, he's kind of being condescending to Morgan. Just kind of going off on his kingly thing. Like, I would have loved to have seen Ezekiel approach Morgan and kind of speak under his breath, be like, look, I understand that, you know, you just killed someone and you went on this whole pacifist route. And and I get that, like, it's kind of your tendency to go to extreme to extreme. However, we're here right now and we want you to come with us. Can you come with Mm -hmm. us? And then maybe after that, Ezekiel turns around and is like, he said yes. <laughs> you know, like just kind of yeah. Throwing I agree up with it. you. Yeah, that would have been preferable. But I just take issue with the whole idea that we needed a scene to get Morgan on board mm-hmm. to go fight the saviors. Yeah, like in my mind, he's already on board. Yeah, and yeah. so this is just a waste of time. Yeah. Never mind that. I don't know. It was just such a disorienting scene. The dialogue was so confusing. Yeah, and, and then I. I don't know what I watched when I both either times. Right. Yeah. And we have the scene where the henchmen are like, can we move the carts? Yeah. (laughs) Like they have to ask Morgan because Morgan specifically put each cart there on purpose. We don't want to ruin what you've done here. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And it also calls into question the last episode where Morgan kind of has this turn. You know, this ethical turn. Yeah. And and why he needs to go back into the house, right? Right. You don't need to go, but you can go by staying here, right? Why do we need any of that? If yeah. in the end he came to fight and everything in between was just kind of nonsensical and didn't contribute anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with you. It was just not necessary. No, not at all. Like, I get we had to have something with the kingdom in this episode before they showed up, mm-hmm. but it should have been something other than that. Yeah, that wasn't it. That wasn't the thing to do. So, <sighs> the Garbage Pale Kids have arrived. <laughs> on their on their bicycles? <laughs> on their bikes, yep. <laughs> I laughed out loud when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> we have all these trucks, and then we have the bikes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We had that uh, amusing exchange with uh, Jadis looking at Michonne and saying yours about Rick. And, oh, my God. Yeah. So We're dumb. together. I lay with him after. You care? <laughs> Rick's face. Right. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I, I did laugh out loud genuinely at that. I yeah. thought that was funny. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, so Rosita, Daryl, and Aaron are wiring a bomb in one of the trucks. Oh, oh, before that, we get her to say, just just quickly, we get her yeah. to say, we we take, we don't bother. Right. Right. And And I think she's being pretty clear that, like, they're not really on your side. Yeah. Yeah. As if we had any reason ever to think that they were. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. Um I have a comment here. I like the music. Okay, yeah. I like the music throughout this episode. Yep. Um it's very good. Different brought out the action, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, we already talked about this a little, but Negan and company are having trouble getting through the trees that Dwight cut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eugene has this great line that all this um, this delay has given him time for an exhaustive malt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> an exhaustive malt. I love it. Yes. And he asks for the chance to go ahead and, quote, attempt to slow their jets and cool their roll. Yep. <laughs> He is the strangest person. (laughs) (laughs) And we don't get a response from Negan except the smile. Yeah. Um, So, uh, yeah, Michonne. Oh, sorry. Michonne and that woman are on top of the house. Yeah. She says, worry? Before that, um, we get get the scene with – with uh, um, Tara driving the car up the up that little um, bank, and then it cuts to or uh, dollies over to that girl putting snuffing out the cigarette, yeah, or the cigar. That was kind of my first feeling that like okay, these guys they're they're not with us here. Really? I, yeah, I don't know what it was about doing that but they didn't need to have that in the scene like there was obviously reason for it and it just felt ominous and so it felt like they were kind of uh, letting us into these people aren't really trustworthy i don't know okay i don't know why it was just the sense i got and then having that it carried into the next scene with the girl on the rooftop and her smile and the whole thing it just felt very ominous it didn't feel trustworthy and also seeing Michonne without her blade when she had it in the blade beforehand with her, like, talking to Rick and, and Jadis. She had her sword, but she didn't have the sword on the rooftop. So when I saw that, I was like, hmm, that's kind of confusing. Huh. So I had no sense at all that the cross was coming. Really? No. Oh, wow. Okay. And... Not until the moment where they turned their guns on them. Really? That completely caught me off guard. Wow. Okay. And I mean, I I hate the garbage pail kids. Sure. I think they're ridiculous. Uh-huh. Um, but I I did not see that coming. Okay. And um, wait, let's see here if there's That's anything cool. that we really really need to talk about. Um, because this is the thing that I really wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, quick before we get to the to the actual moment of the big reveal of the cross. Yeah, uh, Eugene shows up with the bullhorn. Um, <laughs> that mo- this moment I thought was really good because I mean, as much as I hate what's happened to Eugene, like uh-huh. 
it's just good drama to have like the Judas show up, yep. you know, yep. and have the bullhorn and yep. be acting just like Eugene always has. Yeah. H- um, Hello? And <laughs> yeah, the look on Rick's face. Oh my God. Yeah. He's just so heartbroken. Yep. You know, like, yeah. I, I just thought that was really, really well done. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, I, a test is upon you, and I'm giving out the cheat sheet. Yeah. Compliance and fealty are your only escape. Will you comply, Rick? <laughs> um, now, I love how Rick just responded with, where's Negan? Yeah. And uh, you see the look on Eugene's face, like, shoot. But then when Eugene says, I'm Negan, I was like, oh. Yep. yep. He wasn't lying this so... whole time. Like, this is yeah. just confirmation. Right, that is just so heartbreaking. Yeah, I could just feel, and as you know, even though Eugene is a character that is interesting to me, who I find funny, um, who I really do like, in that moment, I kind of wanted Rosita to blow him up. Oh yeah, I did too. Yeah, absolutely. I w- and and you saw how Rick was like, all right, you know, yep. go for it. Yeah, um, and and honestly, when he when he asked where Negan was. The way that he said it, you can hear the crack in his voice. Like, yeah. he, was, he was emotionally wrecked. Yeah. Like, yep. really affected. Yeah. So, there's no explosion. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone has tampered with the bomb, and the garbage pail kids turn on them. And you see this now, look on Rick's face. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, this was the part of the episode that I most wanted to talk about. Okay. Because I don't know how you experience this, but, I mean, I was like, oh, shoot. Okay, on on one hand, this totally makes sense that uh, you can't trust the Garbage Pail Kids. No. But I had this feeling of, like, relief. Because I was like, oh, the Walking Dead didn't jump the shark. These people are all saviors. And they're just playing around You with think them. they're saviors? No, I know they're not. But in that moment, when the, the woman on the, uh, you know, up there Jadis? with Michonne oh. looked at her yeah. and was like, um, we win. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like the way she said it was it was like almost like she was communicating. Did you really think that like we exist and we talk like this? Like oh. we totally played you people. Like I, I did not think they were another group. I thought they were people that Negan sent out there to and they were all saviors. Yeah, like and why they didn't just, you question the way that we speak? Why didn't you right. laugh at that? <laughs> exactly. And I thought they were just having fun with them. Yeah. And they managed to get them to collect a bunch of guns for them. And then, you know, I, I thought, oh, so, like, I got played by them, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I was complaining about how they don't make any sense as real people, but they're just putting on a show, just like Ezekiel puts on a show, except yeah. in a different way. Yep. And they're actually all saviors. And I was like, way to go, Walking Dead. Well done. Like, <laughs> Well done. And then after the commercial break, I find out, no, they do actually talk like that. <laughs> they aren't saviors. And they just got a better deal yeah. from Negan. And I, and yeah. so I was like, what a wasted opportunity. Yeah. Like 100% wasted opportunity. <laughs> yep. 
I completely <laughs> agree. And I could see what you why why you would go there. That would yeah. make that would make way more sense. It's too bad they didn't take that that route. Right. Yeah, I didn't I wasn't surprised by the turn. Um, okay. Yeah, I kind of saw it coming a mile away. Um <laughs> I've felt it coming since kind of the beginning of this arc with the scavengers. Yeah. Um But yeah, I always I mean, just questioning why Rick would never think it like we never got even a a, a morsel of questioning from Rick or anyone else about the way that they talk. Like right. they literally just chalked it up to them being <laughs> like living in a junkyard. Really? <laughs> like, you're not even gonna laugh about it behind their backs. And so I it know. just it made me feel like they had way too much trust in them. Like eons too much trust. And the fact that yeah. they kept saying, we take, we do not bother, just makes me feel like, why would you ever trust someone like that? Right. Like, whenever you mention that we're we're a team, we're going to work together on this, and they respond with, we take, we do not bother. <laughs> like, it just it's, <laughs> doesn't make sense. <laughs> no. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I saw that come in. It wasn't a surprise to me, but I what I loved was when Carl turned around and shot what's his face or shot all all four of those those say uh, the scavengers. Yeah, 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 man. Those oh. guys, <clears throat> those. Mm. I do hope that we get an explanation at some point for why they talk like that. I hope but we I, don't. I hope they just die. I, I don't want any more. <laughs> I just want them to to, to uh, um, purify the story. <laughs> but I feel like it would help to purify it a little bit if there was some explanation for why they are the way they are. Because I don't think that they could come up with a good enough explanation. Okay. Well, having them be like um, – What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, conniving saviors. That I okay. I could buy that if it was all a ruse. Sure. Right. Yeah. Right. That they would, were like, okay, yeah, we're gonna go to this junkyard, and one of us is gonna go out and get the the guard to come back with us, and you know, then we're gonna con them into like getting a bunch more stuff for us. Right. And. But then if we have was, that exchange between them and uh, – or Jadis and uh, um, Negan where they're bartering, you know. So right. they're obviously not saviors. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm definitely not arguing that they are. I'm just saying <clears throat> it would have worked. Oh, yeah. It would have been so much more satisfying. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, especially like what would have been war- way more satisfying if Jadis just started talking to Negan like a normal person. Oh, my god. That would have been great. Yeah. Yeah. Like why did they why did the writers think this is a good idea? <laughs> they don't even exist in the comics. It's not even a thing. Just made something up that's so nonsensical. Yeah. Um I also found it interesting that when Negan said um 
he said, I want a person of your choosing for Lucille. It cuts right to Eric and Aaron. I noticed that too. Yeah. You think that's uh, foreshadowing? Maybe. Because they could have cut to Rick. Right. Right. I think they were trying to set us up to think that Eric was going to die. Okay. And I think it was a red herring. Okay. Not a good one though. Because <laughs> I didn't believe that I didn't believe that he was. I thought Wait, things we, were going to go sideways. I didn't think anyone was going to get executed. Yeah, but last episode we both said Eric's going to die. Yes, yes. I and I did think that he was when I started the episode. But the way that the episode went, I didn't mm-hmm. feel like when that time came up that that was going to be the moment that it was going to happen or how it okay. was going to happen. Um, real quick, uh, why, when, you know, when all this thing, all these things went sideways and Jadis is pointing the gun at Rick and, you know, he couldn't get to his gun fast enough. You know, he he goes for his gun, he turns around and she's already got the gun aimed at him. Why didn't he just tackle her? You know, things were so crazy. She... She wasn't going to kill him. Like, it wouldn't have worked. He's done that so many times where someone will have a gun on him and then he'll just, you know, kind of run right into them and take him out. I don't understand why he didn't do something. Hmm. You know? Well, I don't know. If someone had a gun pointed on right right at me, you know, even if there was a uh, explosion of of activity or uh, distracting activity, I don't know. In the moment, it's really hard to say what I would do, but I would definitely be hesitant sure. to tackle anyone that had a gun pointed right at me. Yeah, I would too, uh, but I wouldn't say that I'm a capable person to do that. <laughs> you know, Rick's mm-hmm. Rick's proven himself very capable in those kinds of situations. Right, yeah. So I don't know. I, yeah. I was kind of disappointed about that. I thought that would have been really fun if he, like, mm. charged at her and, and it would have been kind of like a – it would have been more of a climax for me. Right, right. You know, instead of her wa- walking him like all limp and and tail between his legs, like I didn't like that, and it didn't need to oh, go I that. Love way. that, really. I didn't like oh, it. Yes, yeah. No. Well, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, though. Oh, we are. Okay. Yeah, we haven't actually talked about Sasha, but oh yeah, yeah. Um. So we we're at like an hour and a half, I think. Yeah, and we, I think we're gonna have we have a lot more to talk about because yeah. even once we finish the chronological stuff, um, I don't know. Just there's lots of like season ending stuff yep. to talk about and Tying thinking about the future. Sure. So this is a good spot. Yeah, yeah. We, we can we can stop here. This is right after the turn has happened, um, but before Sasha has made her zombie appearance. Yep. So, okay, doke. All right, so we will be back with uh, the second part next week around this time, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have any uh, information to give about how to contact us? Yeah, and I'm I'm so disappointed with myself for not mentioning it in the past past uh, past two podcasts, but we do have a Facebook page now. Yes, and it's been available for the past two weeks. Um, you can check out our podcast. You can subscribe. Also, like us on Facebook, The Walkie Talkie Podcast. 
And we don't have an Instagram or Twitter yet, but we will. And I'll announce it on the on the Facebook page when it happens. And you can message us questions, comments, whatever you want. And next time we, we have a podcast, we'll give you a shout out. Yeah. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. Well, it really wasn't even me. <laughs> was Wait. A, oh, really? Yeah, it was a friend. <laughs> okay. But yeah, definitely get in contact with us. We would love to hear from you. we just like to know if anyone's actually listening. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's yeah, good to know that actually, we're not radio silent. Yeah. <laughs> if, uh, if you go on iTunes and rate us, that's the best way for us to get new listeners because if things actually get rated and reviewed, then they're more likely to show up when people search. Okay. Yeah. So, um, do that for us. Yeah. If you can give us a halfway decent review, then go and do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, don't go and give us a review if you're just going to give us a bad one because that doesn't help us. Right. Do that um, on our on our <laughs> Facebook page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Tell us how or bad just, we right, suck there. <laughs> yeah. Or just, you know, tell us directly because if you're listening to this, you probably, you probably know us. <laughs> you probably know us. So <laughs> just give us a call. <laughs> call or text. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Uh, Until next week, signing off. All right. Over and out.